Hey folks, you're listening to the public radio broadcast. Or no, I'm I'm kidding. Actually, this is the Mighty Thor podcast that you have found either on purpose or by accident. We are currently in the process of recording episode 13, so you will get to listen to the fruits of that labor. With me this evening is my usual co-host, Terry. Hello, Terry. I am Ed. For those of you who are just tuning in, Terry, I know that you know I'm Ed. So I was about to say, um, I think I know you. Yeah, that that wasn't meant for you. So, all right, guys. So we are recording our fifth Thor podcast of the past three days, trying to get caught up so that all you lovely listeners out there, did you catch that alliteration? Yes, I did. That's good. It's very good. Have uh, something to listen to, and and maybe all of this production will be our Christmas present to our listeners. Uh, we might try to get another one in before Christmas, and so that'll give you six shows in the past week. That's awesome. Although we have done it before on another podcast, we have, but that's another matter. Yes, we do like to do things in spurts and spittles, don't we? <laughs> yes, yes, we let it build up, let it build up, knock it all out, let it build up, let it build up. Yeah, that, that seems to be the it, it. It helps to have a mini vacation right before Christmas. Yes, yep. This is the last night of our mini vacation. That, that, that definitely gave us the time to sit down and finally do all these. Even though we had time before, we just did other things. All right, guys, uh, no, no feedback that I've, uh, that I've been able to, to find anywhere. It'd be hard for them to feedback. <laughs> well, no new feedback on the first eight episodes. Nothing on iTunes as far as reviews. No comments on our fan page. So uh, This evening, we're going to talk about issues 110 and 111 of Journey into Mystery, which is cool because they're both sides of the same story. So they're issues one and two of, of the same story. So that kind of worked out. And we will talk about the current Thor's volume, issue 618, which will be the most current issue of that as well. We'll be all cut up in the current issues, in right? In the current, yes. Woo-hoo. With uh, apparently none scheduled to come out until the 15th of January. Oh, my. No new books. So, All right. This issue opens with Thor on patrol. Well, let me step back. On the cover, we see see Mighty Thor battling against the legions of Asgard, in which the desperate Thunder God finds every hand against him. Uh, See the mysterious Mr. Hyde, the serpentine cobra, the sinister Loki, the noble Odin. And Thor is on the cover holding a female figure wrapped perhaps in like a bed sheet. It's Jane. Well, but we don't know that by looking at the cover. Yeah, that's Jane. But but just looking, yes, okay, it's Jane. That's what Jane looked like last time we saw her. Okay, it's Jane, and we know that even before reading the book. So, uh, just like we know, this is Thor and Hyde and Cobra. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen them all before. Which we know that, but they they are menacingly approaching Thor as he is holding Jane. Now the book opens with Thor on patrol indicating, yet again, I I feel this aura of evil over the city. I can't seem to find it, so I will continue on and 
And when it rears its ugly head, Thor will be ready. Spectacularly written by Stan Lee. Magnificently drawn by Jack Kirby. Powerfully inked by Chick Stone. And eventually lettered by Art Simek. That's not right. They're not very nice to Art. They're always busting on Art. They're always busting on poor old Art. I'm sorry. We have to share that with you now because it's like. Very entertaining to. Very entertaining. To read those. Sometimes it's the most entertaining part of the book, actually. But. <laughs> not here lately. These have been pretty These good. These have been okay, yeah. Uh, as Thor zips past on patrol, we see Loki, uh, who apparently has made it to Earth, change into a regular human-looking dude and walks into a police station to bail out <laughs> Cobra and Mr. Hyde. I like the way he puts it. Measly, earthbound mortal. Yes. just <laughs> Loki loves us. While he's doing that, Thor returns to Blake's office, turns into Blake, and tells Jane to send in the next patient. All the while he is being, uh, or he's not being, all the while he is he is concerned about this feeling of evil that he has, and he can't seem to figure out why or, or, or place where it is or anything like that. Story cuts to a hotel room somewhere in town where the disguised Loki is talking to Hyde and Cobra, who he has bailed out. And he reveals himself rather stunningly as being Loki and then proceeds to double the powers of Hyde and Cobra and six them on Jane Foster to capture the nurse of Dr. Blake in hopes of getting to Thor which he doesn't necessarily reveal that way to Hyde and Cobra because although Loki knows that Thor and Don Blake are one and the same, he may never reveal that fact to any mortal due to an unalterable edict of Lord Odin himself. Lord knows he defies enough edicts of Lord Odin yeah, himself. I don't understand that. So I don't see why this one's so sacred. So they get down uh, to street level, and, and uh, you see an example here of Mr. Hyde's new newfound power as he stops a speeding taxi. Uh, Cobra snatches Jane from inside the office, pulling her out through the window. As he speeds away, it looks like he's flying, but I guess he's kind of running along the buildings or something like that because Cobra can't fly. He's just very, very fast because he's been sped up by Loki. Blake changes to Thor and sets out in pursuit. He gets to Cobra just as Cobra hands off Foster to Hyde. And then basically Hyde says, now you have to do what we say or we'll kill her. Uh, Meet us right here at this very spot in 24 hours. And when you do, you'll give us your hammer and that'll be the end of it. So Thor um, is left, you know, try, trying to figure out what to do. He he can't go after him because they told him not to. He has to give up his hammer to save Jane. Um, while this is all going on, Loki is pointing out to Odin to look and see what your son is getting himself into. And Odin gets mad yet again because of the feelings he has for this girl that Thor uh, let some villains get away with something. And at this point, Odin gets so mad at Thor that he banishes him from Asgard. 
Well, Thor gets to thinking as he's just cursorily looking for Jane. He's trying to figure out who could be responsible for this because he knows that neither Hyde or Cobra really have the wherewithal to, to put all this together. And it dawns on him that somebody that can do all these things and can up the power of Cobra and Hyde, which Thor witnessed, uh, is Loki. And he knows that Loki is in Asgard. So Thor storms Asgard, having officially been banished. Uh, first, he encounters Hemdel, who tries valiantly to stop him, but alas, Thor is stronger. Uh, after which, Thor is beset upon by a host of Asgardian warriors. He beats them all off, makes the great hall of Odin, and confronts Loki. Basically, Loki says, you know, I've been here. I haven't done anything. And even if I had, you can't do anything. But look here. I think this is the person you're looking for. And he gives him a vision of where Jane is. And Thor then tells him, you know, I'm going to go rescue Jane, but then we're going to come back because this isn't finished. Well, by this time, Odin has gotten word that Thor has basically forced himself into Asgard. Thor asks for Odin's forgiveness and asks for his patience while he settles this ma uh, matter on Earth. And uh, Odin says, very well, you know, I, I won't judge you now. Go and take care of what you need to do. And he, he instantly sends him back to Earth near the point where Jane is being held captive. So Thor... Uh, storms the house, starts fighting his way through uh, various and sundry traps and devices meant to stop him. Uh, he is uh, gassed by Cobra with tear gas, and while he is suffering under the effects of the tear gas, Mr. Hyde attacks him. In the tussle, uh, the, the tussle causes an, an explosion. It ignites all the tear gas, basically causes an explosion which Hyde survives and he thinks that it has killed Thor. Well, he goes to find Cobra, Hyde does, and Thor, unkilled, uh, awakens and finds instead that Jane Foster has been hurt in the damage caused by the explosion. And so now he gets all melancholy about Jane being damaged and... Um, swears that uh, that he will do everything in his power to save her and so in trying to do so he surrounds this house that they're in by a uh, time displacement bubble in essence where where now time inside of this storm is at a standstill compared to the time outside the storm so they can still move around inside but no time passes and he's doing that to give him time to try to figure out how to save Jane who after the explosion is on the brink of, of death she is uh, so damaged and so that uh, that is where that issue ends I liked it myself this is like the umpteenth appearance of uh, Hyde and Hyde. Obra yeah. Yes, and you want to just go straight into 111 since it's a continuation? Yes, of the same? since they're the so Mighty close. Thing. Yeah. And the cover is, it says on the cover, we decided this cover is too beautiful to spoil with captions. So here it is. You figure it out. 
and it is a very nice rendition. I can see why they did that. It's got the um, Rainbow Bridge with Balder racing on the Rainbow Bridge. There's a dagger that Odin has, a sword that Odin has um, created that's coming down, and you can see Hulk, Hulk, Thor, I'm sorry. No, that's a different podcast. I know. You can see Thor fighting Cobra and Hyde. That's, I was getting Hyde. It's, it's very, it moves in a very nice circular way, kind of leads your eye all the way through it. So I like the artwork. I agree with them. Um, for those of you that, that want to see this, be sure to check out the blog because I always post the covers of the books we talk about and you can see you can see the cover this of of these journey into mysteries that we've read this is probably i think the best cover yes that there's been and it starts with the mysterious mr hyde and the serpentine cobra feel the power of the thunder god and it shows where thor has woken and from the explosion hyde and cobra are smashing in and look he's still alive we thought he was dead and Jane repined upon a, a couch of some sort, dying. Ah, sorry, having computer malfunctions. Pushing the down page button one too many times. Written with the mastery of Stan Lee, illustrated with the genius of Jack Kirby, delineated with the delicacy of Chick Stone, and lettered with the India ink of Artie Simek. Delineated. Good word. Delineated. I like yeah, it. Yeah, good word. So it starts out with the battle ensuing since Hyde and Cobra are coming back in to see that Thor is still alive. And there he, he's telling them there's no sense in you even fighting because you are not going to win because I am much stronger. And they're saying, you know, they're doing their smack talk back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're stronger than you are, the both of us together. And he's like, I'm. A god of Asgard, and I have fought the storm giants and the trolls of the netherworld. You have no chance. But in his mind, he's thinking, boy, these these two guys are pretty strong combined, and I can hold out against them for a little while longer. But And so he creates a wind, an irresistible storm, so it pushes them back so that he has a few moments to get Jane and get her into a safe area because she's right there in the middle of the melee. And he wants to keep her safe. So he picks her up and takes her off trying to find a room that he can put her in. And he, he goes through the house and there are several different traps that almost get him. And he finds another room and he feels something that is there. So he throws his hammer and lo and behold, the big slab of concrete comes down from the ceiling. But once that happens, he can feel no other traps in the room. So he puts Jane in that room and, and tells her that he will be back just to rest. Meanwhile, there are people outside who have seen this whirlwind, breezy thing around the house that's stopping time, and, and they're looking at it and throwing things at it and and being all weirded out by it. And Odin is looking down, and he's seeing that there are strange things, but he's not going to interfere. He's like, too many times I've, I have ordered her to give up the earth girl, and he has defied me. I am, I am not going to do anything about this. And Balder is like, well, can I sing you a song that will soothe you, sir? Well, Balder is one of Thor's best friends. So he starts singing the song of how Odin fell in love with an earthling mortal type girl. Is that who she is? 
Uh, I assume so. It says, uh, she likened to a goddess and none so fair, none so beloved. She was like unto a goddess. So if she right. was as and guardian, I've- she was regular as guardian, which I don't know that they really are regular as guardians. I think they're all gods. So. Well, I assume because he continues to sing the song and it makes, brings back memories to Odin. And he starts to think, well, perhaps I've been a little too harsh on Thor falling in love with a mere mortal. So yeah. I'm assuming that this Was woman that Baldur is singing about is someone that Odin fell in love with that he really shouldn't have had anything to do with either. Yeah. So I she was a mortal of some sort. And Loki's all mad, of course, because he's singing the song to Odin. And Loki knows why he's singing it to Odin. And they get into a little verbal challenge match there. And then we cut back to Thor, who has gotten Jane in a safe room, locked up, and now he's gone to take his tough butt, vengeful, to, to, to take care of these two. He's sick and tired of them. So he, he starts tussling with them. Of course, they have this extra strength, so they are fighting back pretty well. But they're fighting each other, too, because now they're like, I want to be the one to take him down. No, I want to be the one to take him down. So they're fighting each other, which is only in Thor's advantage. That they do that. So finally, Serpentine, the Cobra, Serpentine Cobra throws Mr. Hyde at Thor, who hits him. Woom! There's our word again. Woom, yes. Throws him back, and the Cobra fires off some of his powerful Cobra bites, and Thor creates a storm thing and, and sends him back to him, and they explode, and Cobra goes into the ventilation system so he can get away from it. And it's Hyde realizes it's there, and he's starting to succumb to it. So he's he's trying to run, and Thor's like, you don't think I know it's here. And, and so he's after Hyde. And then we cut back to Asgard once again, and Odin is saying, well, yes, Balder, your song has, has made me think of a lot. And Loki's like, ugh. I hate this. But How was Loki? I hate this. And Odin, of course, I think he did this on purpose. Sends Loki, Made Loki do it. to be the messenger to the healer, the mystic healer, Hardal, to get a remedy for Jane because he's feeling so sorry for Thor and Jane. And Loki's like, yeah, I'll do it. And through gritted teeth. But he's like... He doesn't get a chance because all of Thor's friends gather up around him and say, mm, Baldur's like, give me that. Yeah. I'll take it. And the other ones are like, and you're just going to stay right here with us. He's like, what, you don't trust me? No, we don't. So Baldur the brave, Baldur the bold, Baldur the true and loyal, com- loyal comrade of Thor rides hus- unhesitatingly across the savage and wild chasm. Apparently, there's a whole lot you got to do to go see this healer. And Odin was sending his other son to do it, and it's positive. Apparently, you can die. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. He's got to go through the fiery swamp of endless flame, and then he meets this phantom who, if he touches you, you die. die. So while we're while he's staring at the phantom who touches you, if you who touches you and you die, we kick back to Thor fighting with Hyde and not Cobra because Cobra's in the ventilation system. Yeah, just trying to hide. So, yeah, so he's fighting, and he's throwing his hammer around, and, and it finally runs into a, bla- a ray that the Hyde has set up as his last final weapon and causes Hyde to be hit by the ray, and he's as stiff as a board, and he won't be moving for days. So he's taking care of Hyde. Hyde's good to go. 
So now he's trying to figure out how in the world this machine works and whether or not he can use it to draw out the cobra. So because of his association with the Avengers, he has learned some mechanical know-hows, and he rigs the machine so that it causes an electrical effect all through the entire house, sending tingling waves of electric energy. And it hits the cobra as he's in the ventilation system and causes him so much pain that he slides out and says, save me, save me. And Thor takes care of him, too, ties him up. So now that he's got his two foes vanquished, he can go find Jane and lament over her for a little while because he knows even though he has medical knowledge as Dr. Don Blake that there's not any knowledge out there that it has that could save her. Only a miracle or some potion of some sort could mm-hmm. save her. Foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing. So then we click back to Balder, who cannot avoid the Phantom. But he also has to get past the Phantom, so he throws his special sword that Odin has made him at the Phantom, and it's made of foreign alien matter, and so is the Phantom. So when the two hit, the Phantom disappears, and a sword comes back to him. But he still has to make even more of a trek. He has to go through the Eternal Nightmare plants, which apparently can cause you to go to sleep and never wake up. So he's covered his horse up, and he's he's dragging himself through, and he gets to the other side of that, and he comes upon the Valley of Swords, where all these swords are sticking straight up, and he has to get by that. And no Asgardian has ever safely done that. But Thor is his best friend. This is a very good friend. It is. I'm telling you, if I'm, I want Balder as my friend. So he ties some. He takes his cloak. Rips it up, ties some rocks with the cloak onto the bottom of the horse's hooves so that the horse can walk across the swords without it be piercing because it's hitting the, the rocks instead of his hood. And he finally gets through the Valley of Avalanches to get to the home of Hardal the Healer. I bet your Hardal does not have very many visitors. I don't think so. He, he, this might be his first. Yeah, he, he pretty much. Since no Asgardian has ever gotten through the, this, the Valley of Swords. How did they know he was there? I know. Uh, I don't get it. Who knows? But anyway, he says, come forth, brave one, and state your – I would, too. I'd be like, hey, you made it through all that. Come on in. Have a cup of tea. So meanwhile, we go back to Thor with Jane, and he's like, I have to lift the time warp because it's going to cause a rift in the continuum, and the whole universe is going to fall apart. But I don't want to because even as Dr. Blake, I can't save this woman. And she's going to die. And if she dies, I die because my heart will be cold and withered if she is not here. So he he spins his hammer to undo the, the force field. And at the same time, the sword of Balder comes down with a note and a vial of medicine. And it says the medicine is hers. Odin is ordained that the female shall live. So Thor goes back and gives the medicine to Jane, and lo and behold, she gets better. The sword lifts back up to Balder. Balder knows he has succeeded. Thor is extremely happy. Jane wakes up, and he puts her back to sleep just with sleep, and then lifts her up and sweeps her away back home. And that is the end. Okay. And that uh, story... Levi and I covered in an episode of the Bronze Age uh, in another book. Really? It had been reprinted in another book, and uh, yeah, it took me a while to figure out why I recognized it so 
um, in such detail, and that's what it was. It was uh, a re- it was reprinted in a book that we did uh, on the Marvel Bronze Age podcast. So, oh. which means it was reprinted. The book that we were covering would have been published in 1970. So it was reprinted at least then in 1970, having first seen light here in 1964. Well, I could see why they would reprint it. It's it's one of the better ones that we've read, actually, because it had so much. It had the Asgardians. Yeah. It had, a, you know, some Balder stuff and, and some stuff Asgardian, and it had two foes that actually had some powers and could actually do something, and it had the, the painful, painful near-death. Of our lovely Jane Foster. Yeah, it sure did. Ooh, she was so close. She was. But uh, yeah, another uh, two book story for us, mm-hmm. um, which is getting to be the the norm, it seems. So that's that's cool. Uh, pretty decent story. Yeah. Um, I, the the Hyde Cobra team just isn't. Working for me too well. They, I, well, they just, hopefully uh, now they're captured and, and back to the who's cow. Well, they were captured before, but Loki went and bought them out. Loki went and spent a million dollars and got them out. So, alrighty. So, our third and uh, final book for discussion this episode is going to be Thor issue six eighteen, uh, which is the most recent issue of the current Thor volume. It is written by Mr. Matt Fraction and drawn by Mr. Mr. Pascal Ferry with additional art chores by Mr. Hollingsworth. He did the colors on it. And then Ferry and Hollingsworth together are who did the cover. On the cover, we see an image of a large uh, Asgardian standing with just a, a a host of demons at his feet, so he's standing amidst these demons, uh, seemingly ignoring them. And we surmise and find out correctly that this this character is Odin that we see here. Now the book opens with. Odin talking to his uh, faithful companions. Uh, what did I tell you their names were? Huggin and Muggin or something like that. His, his two crows who are his uh, sounding board and basically his conscience. And he is on a, on a barren, in a, in a barren wasteland and he picks up the the trail of something and takes off after it saying that his raven saying that it's a bad idea, but he is all excited saying it's a very good idea. Come to find out he is hunting the fire giant hell wolf and encounters him. And as, as the bad guy, which bad guys are apt to do is, is talking. Odin shoves a spear in his eye. So, I'm sure that kind of miffs him off. Spear in the eye would miff me off. Yes, spear to the eye. Um, story cuts back to New York where at the end of issue 617, we saw dwarves break through from their dimension into Earth. 
And we see that again, and apparently several other races of uh, Asgard are breaking through into Earth's dimension, all of them heading in mass to Asgard, which again is outside of Broxton, Kansas. So all these – Oklahoma. Broxton, Oklahoma, excuse me. All these mythological creatures now are going through town on their way to Asgard. So it's interesting that there there is a several mile separation between Broxton and Asgard, as we know from the uh, Shanover Doctor walking. Mm-hmm. And all of these creatures from the other dimensions of Asgard are punching through into our dimension, not between town and Asgard or on the other side of Asgard. No, they're punching through into our dimension on the other side of town. That way they have to walk through town to uh-huh. get to Asgard. It's more interesting that way. Or out off of the road and they can walk to Asgard. or you know. But no, they're coming through on the other side of town. They have to walk through town. So it is much the spectacle. I mean the, the people of Broxton have seen a lot as it is. But now you know they're seeing a lot of this stuff face-to-face walking by their house, and and there's some pretty cool-looking creatures in here. I I don't even know what half of them are. And they they walk up to the gate, and basically they ask for um, uh, passage into the the castle of Asgard, the fortress of Asgard, as protection against these creatures that have invaded all of their separate dimensions and have forced them out. So basically all these are remnants of, of the other dimensions that the world eaters have invaded, and these are the refugees from that. Um, I certainly hope these aren't the only survivors because there's not very many. Mm-mm. You know, and I guess you could just about figure that every different kind of creature comes from a different realm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so basically, you know, they're saying, "Hey, hey, look, this is your fault." Uh, you have to take us in. And Balder, who is now king, says, take you into what? And protect you how? And supply you with what? You know, Asgard has just been through like two major deals up to now. And they haven't even had, or not Asgard, but, well, the the, the dimension of Asgard that has the the... Norse gods in it, where their castle is, their their main kingdom. And so they, they have nothing to give these people. They can't give them protection because they're licking their own wounds. You know, their supplies are down. The castle's been trashed. The, you know, basically he's saying it's not that we won't do for you. It's that we can't. We have nothing to use to do for you. But the creatures are, you know, pretty much in a state of, of desperation. And so they try to storm the castle Asgard and are stopped by the appearance of Thor carrying his new, uh, teen, 13 year old. Gee, isn't he just cute and, and persnickety? And I can't wait to see how they write him Loki. Basically, Thor says, Hey, you guys need to chill out, and I'll stay in a good mood. And uh, the all the creatures say, hey, you stay in a good mood, and we'll stay in a good mood. Scene cuts, or the, the story cuts back to somewhere, Broxton, or maybe a little bit outside, somewhere, where now Tony Stark 
Dr. Solvang and Dr. Jane are talking. And basically Solvang and Jane are regaling Iron Man with stories of their meeting in the parking lot and the ball-kicking, macing that the doctor administered. (laughs) (laughs) Shaky, shaky. Mm-hmm. Administered to uh, Doctor Solvang and and uh, Tony Stark, you know, has a, has a few quips as as Tony Stark would, and they realize that uh, Thor now is on his way back to Asgard, and so Tony's like, okay, come on, I'll, I'll take you up there. You can talk to Thor again. So we cut back to the refugees now, who are having a nice quiet sit-down parlay with the Asgardian gods uh, here. Uh, again, just several some – some of the races are pretty cool looking, but I, I just – I don't recognize them. And, you know, again, basically they're saying, you know, this is what we want, uh, and but they're even adding to it that, you know, this really has nothing to do with us. They were looking for you, but they trashed us. So that means you're even more obligated to take care of us because if it weren't for you, they wouldn't have done this to us. And um, Thor just kind of raises everyone's spirits and and everything, and basically he says, you know, what the hell? If we're going to die, at least we'll all die together. So everybody come on in, and, and we'll all get together and and fight the fight the good fight and try to beat these bad guys. Except for Tyr, who is the god of war. He seems to be quite caught up with the fact that Loki is back. And um, I don't know that that's necessarily foreshadowing for this story, but I would venture to say it probably will be for something coming up. So basically, you know, Tyr is looking at Loki, letting him know, I've got my eye on you, dog. So now after they, you know, after Thor gets this big rousing and gets everybody's blood churning and everything, he and Balder just leave. And Balder's like, you know, you just talked everybody into a frenzy and now you just sulk off into a, into a, a closed room and leave. And he said, yeah, because I didn't want anybody else to see me do this. And he takes his hammer and he breaks open the casket of Odin thus summoning Odin from wherever he is back to Asgard. And Odin appears holding a, a big spear with this um, carcass hell dog or whatever that thing was from the beginning slung over his shoulder where he did indeed defeat it. And uh, that's that's where the, the issue ends. So how about that one? Well, we're finally moving along into our story. I'm, I'm happy about that. Very happy. Oh, I was getting tired. Yeah. And it did have it did have a few good points to it. I want to read my favorite part of it, if you don't mind. They're all arguing about all the remnants are arguing about wanting to get into Asgard for protection, and they're telling them no, we don't have anything for you. And one of them looks up and says, "Tis you." Who perched like crapping birds atop the world tree? Tis you they wanted. That's my favorite line of the whole book. Crapping birds. Crapping birds atop the world tree. And it was a little dwarf that said it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's there. There's a lot of good back and forth, and and you know all these refugees, you know, with with their their argument, they have a good point. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. look, these things are coming for you. 
they're just trashing us to get to you. You know, you've got to help us out because, yeah, this is your fault. Um, the Ravens were Hugnan, Hugnan, Huggin and Munin. Mun, uh, Munin, Munin, Mun, okay. Munin, however, H-U-G-I-N-N and M-U-N-I-N-N. Munin, Munin, yeah, and Huggin, okay, yeah. And they, they're using him, several other writers have used them, other writers won't, but it's, yeah, I recognized him as part. It's kind of like Thor's goats. Mm-hmm. Odin has his ravens and Thor has his they're, goats. They're there when, when, you know, they want Thor to ride a chariot, but otherwise, uh, Tooth Nasher and, and Breath Stinker or whatever the other guy's name is, uh, you, you know, just aren't very useful. So, Bone Gnawer and Tooth Nasher, something like that. Um, okay guys, well, there we go. There's episode 13. Um, episode 14 will be Journey into Mysteries issues 111, 112, and 113. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're quickly counting down to issue 125, which will be the last Journey into Mystery. Then we'll graduate into Thor's own title. If you guys do uh, do have anything you want to tell us, you want to say, um, you can give us your feedback at the mighty Thorcast at gmail.com. We have a fan page on Facebook. The website is comicbooknoise slash Thor. And while you're there, check out the other umpteen comic book noise podcasts. There's there's a lot of different podcasts. There's uh one on Hulk, one on Spider-Man, one on Wonder Woman, uh, Marvel Comics, DC Comics. Uh, there's the flagship podcast, Comic Book Noise. There's Indie Comic Book Noise. I'm sure I'm missing a few. So, you know, there's a lot of comic related under the Comic Book Noise banner. We also have forums off the website if you want to play around in some forums. Otherwise, a uh, quick thank you to Mr. Derek Coward, as, as we usually do. And uh, Terry, with nothing else to say? Well, I did look up the two goats. Okay. Tangrizni is Gap Tooth, and Tangnost is Tooth Grinder. Tooth Grinder and Tooth Gap? Gap Tooth. Gap Tooth. Gap Tooth and Tooth Grinder. Okay. I've seen Tooth Nasher, but yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the two goats that pull his chariot. Thor can fly. I don't know why he needs a chariot, but okay. So there you go, guys. Uh, one last word from uh, the coast, Miss Terry. And we will see you guys another day, another time. Meanwhile, uh, keep up with us and keep reading you some Thor. Looking forward to the movie coming out next summer. And actually, I just read word that there is a second Thor movie coming out. From a knockoff, sucky, yucky film studio. Okay. That usually makes spoofs and stuff like that. So nobody is speaking very highly of the movie, but apparently there is another Thor movie that may come out next year. Probably a direct-to-DVD kind of thing. All right, guys. Keep it up, and we'll talk to you again next time with uh, episode 14. Yes. See you then. Bye. Bye.